is nothing more inspiring than a woman being unapologetically herself. The answers are all in your heart. She's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting for you to set her free. Welcome to Be You Podcast. I'm Jill Herman and I am so glad you're here. I was broke, insecure, and craved approval. But with grit, hustle, and sacrifice, I still built a successful multi-million dollar business. 10 years in, burnout, I slowed down and looked inward. In that silence, I discovered that the same level of success could have come to me with much less effort and so much more joy. That's when I threw out the expectations of the world and chose to unbecome every single thing I thought I was supposed to be. And the real me was uncaged. It was far from easy. And in this podcast, I'll offer my entire journey as a roadmap so that if you're ready, you can finally be you. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Be You Podcast. Oh, weren't those great interviews? The last episode with Peyton Callahan was so touching. And I'm happy to be back with you for a solo episode. Um, If you are one of our new listeners, huge welcome to you. We have a lot of people who are just now hearing about us. And um, I want to say welcome and let you know that you can stay even more closely connected by joining our text community. I send texts just kind of here and there once every week, maybe every couple of weeks, and I get a lot of great feedback from them. Just text me at 260-217-4675 to be more connected to me and to what's happening in the BU Collective. And as always, if you enjoy this episode, if it touches you in any way, I cannot tell you what it does for this growing community and for this message for you to subscribe to the podcast, to leave a five-star rating, and to take a minute to write a review. Also, sharing the episodes on your social media with friends, and many of you do that, and that's the reason we're growing like we're growing, right? Because we do no advertising, no marketing. You know, there's nothing, you know, systematic about trying to get this to grow. It's just happening, which is a great segue into today's episode about the feminine, the divine feminine. So even if you're one of our male listeners, I think you'll find this really interesting. I mean, we will do a separate episode just on the divine feminine, but this episode is inspired by that. And when I just talked about this show growing organically, without forcing, without strategy, that right there is the divine feminine. So many of us as women, you know, as we have become more comfortable with stepping into our power, using our voices, discovering our voices, remembering our voices, I should say, and using our voices, you know, making decisions that aren't traditionally decisions that women would make, whether it's taking on a career, working outside of the home, you know, choosing not to have children, choosing to divorce or not get married or whatever it is. It's interesting because um, you may not share this opinion, but what I'm finding and learning is that 
so many of us, like collectively as women, you know, this empowered female has become quite masculine. The masculine lives in all of us. If you're a female, you and I both have masculine and feminine energy. In one of our past episodes, by the way, Stephanos Sifandos, one of my first maybe 10 episodes, he talked about masculine feminine energy. So you can go back and listen to that. But what I'm finding is so many of us think that we need to be more masculine to be powerful and strong as women. And when I say masculine, that's in more of the doing instead of the being, you know, more in the driving and you know, deciding what our goal is and then tracking backwards to see what steps it will take to get there rather than allowing the goal, the dream, the passion, the vision to show up in us and then trusting that just by allowing that and welcoming it, that the path will open up towards that. We talk a lot about intuition on BU and our female intuition is very female. Yes, men have intuition as well. But the female connection to intuition is unique. And the way we get more connected to our intuition, that internal GPS, so many names for it, right? Choose what makes sense to you and what feels good to you. I call it my true north, my GPS, my internal guidance, divine wisdom, the voice of God, my inner knowing. When we tune into that wisdom, which is love and love only. Not only is it never wrong, not only will it never lead us astray, but when we tune into that, we find that we want to let go and release more. And the releasing and letting go leads us back into our intuition. And we learn, I should say, we remember, we realize that our intuition is deeply found by connecting in to our body. We've talked many times about what that means to be in your body, to not be detached from your body, that most of us find ourselves in our head and detaching from our feelings because that's what feels safe. Our head feels safe. Why does our head feel safe? Because it's a way to escape our body. Why? Because it's a way to escape feeling. Why? Because if we can escape feeling, we don't have to feel emotions that are unpleasant. Why? Because when we were tiny children, we learned that. We learned that when something was too much, too overwhelming, too scary, that didn't feel safe, we got out of our bodies and into our head to escape that, which made sense. It was a safety mechanism. Thank goodness, right? The problem though, is that now we're all little people in big people bodies, still living in our heads, still detached from our bodies, attached from our feelings and our emotions. No, we're not. I feel all the time. It doesn't mean you don't feel anything. But are you feeling the emotions that are beneath the surface in the unconscious brain? Remember, those emotions are filed away in our body because our body is like, actually, it is a living library. Before the age of two, those intrinsic memories, we can't remember because our brain wasn't able to. After the age of two, we filed them away so that we didn't need to experience them at the time. We were able to disassociate and not feel them. Not a bad thing until 
you become an adult and you have no idea why you're acting the way you're acting, why you're so triggered, why you leak your anger onto other people, why you find yourself enraged in that sort of hulk brain or why you're so detached and so withdrawn and so hypoactive. Many of us, most of us are walking around so dysregulated, our nervous system so dysregulated and we, we have no idea. We're trying to regulate with drugs, with alcohol, with sex, with technology, you know, numbing, with shopping, with escapism, social media, working out all the time, socializing all the time, traveling all the time. All of these are ways to escape still because we don't know how to get into our body and our body doesn't feel safe. Why? Because remember, what feels safe is being in our head because that's what saved us when we were children. So when people say, get out of your head and into your heart, I thought I knew what that meant. And now I really get it and I'm still getting it more every day, what it really means to really be connected to ourselves and in our bodies. This isn't new. If you're a listener of BU Podcast, this isn't new for you. We talk about releasing through breath, sound, and movement. We talk about connecting with ourselves, listening to our body, breathing, loving ourselves, and surrendering. And today I want to share with you an experience that I have been having and I'm continuing to have over the last, I don't know, month that wasn't just me choosing to step into and follow my intuition which I'm really making that a regular practice. It just has become my natural, my second nature. Thank goodness. And it can be yours as well. Remember, that's when you're jumping without a net, without any proof. There's no evidence that you're even going to land, let alone land well or land safely, but you do it anyway because that internal GPS, that inner knowing, that divine guidance is telling you to do it. Being willing to do that, no matter what your brain says, no matter what your community, your friends say, knowing that there's a reason, and then later, 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 realizing that maybe the only reason was to learn a lesson. Maybe it didn't get you what you thought you were supposed to get, but it gave you what you were needing to get. Have you ever heard the saying in sales, sell them what they want and give them what they need? As I'm talking right now, I realize that that's what God does. Gives us what we need when we think we're getting what we want. But we really get what we need when we're willing to step forward and it doesn't look like what we want. It doesn't look anything like what we want. But we're trusting. We're willing to trust. We're willing to have faith. And we walk forward wobbly need and nervous and sweaty but we walk and we tune out the opinions of everyone else and we tune into truth. So when we are willing to get back into our bodies, as women, what I've learned that I didn't know before is that there's another layer of benefit. Because we are women, the extra layer of benefit is that's where the feminine lives. That feminine energy, that divine feminine energy can only be found by getting back into our bodies. One of the ways to do that, one of the many ways, but a powerful way for women is through movement, through dance, 
through sensual movement, through intuitive dance. So I mentioned in the last episode in the interview with Peyton Callahan, and I'm so happy she held me accountable. I shared with you at the very end that I participated in an online event called Desire on Fire. And even that name, if you think about it, where does your desire live? In your body. You can't find it. You can't get to it and dance with it and eventually embrace it and live in it if you're not in your body. So I participated in that. And as I shared with you, I realized I had the desire to dance. Any form of dance. And I mean anything. Like I secretly fantasize about it when I'm driving down the road. You know, I listen to any song and without even meaning to, I start picturing myself ballroom dancing. I can choreograph dances in my head. And I've, I've never told anyone outside of like maybe one friend and, and my husband because it sounds so strange. I think it sounds strange, but that's my truth. I don't know how I can do it. I don't know if I was a dancer in a former life. Well, I actually was told that I was a dancer in thousands of experiences in the past. And I understand saying that will be triggering to some of you. Just let it wash away if you don't believe that. But that's that's my truth. So I somehow just know that in my head, but I've never done it in my body. And so when I said that, I thought that's what it was, that I desired to dance. Well, <laughs> I just started working with, I mean, barely started working with someone named Sigrid Tassius, who I met through Elementum Coaching Institute, and she graduated as well. However, she came with like 10 years of coaching experience. Remember, I was not a coach when I went into that program. I really did this program for self-healing and self-growth. And she went in because she was asked to be in the group so that she could then become part of faculty for this company and was very open to it. Probably didn't learn a whole lot according to what I know she's done before, but she said it was a great experience. My point is I discovered her at the very end of a six-month course, never even noticed her before that. And my intuition called me to her. I mean, I just felt so drawn to her. And I looked her up on Instagram and I just felt it in my body. I felt this beautiful, warm, loving sensation. I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to connect with her for some reason. Long story long, I wasn't looking for a coach. I have one of the best coaches in the world, Christine Hassler. I mean, literally one of the best in the world. And her husband. (laughs) I have both of them. And I wasn't looking for another coach. Why would I? But something called intuition told me that if I work with her, I'm going to explore even more deeply getting into my feminine. I spent years in the masculine. What does that look like? Driving, overworking, hustling, just go, 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 go. Not being, not being in my body, not being grounded, floating around in my head, reactive instead of responsive. And so I took the plunge. I, I just ignored my brain. I followed my heart, my intuition. And I said to her, this is so strange, but I feel like I'm supposed to work with you. And she said, I feel the same way. So I just barely started working with her. And I had a session with her right after the online weekend I mentioned. And we were talking about my desire. And she said, what does that look like, your desire to dance? And I said, well, here's what's interesting. I met a woman a few years ago. She was actually a server at 
the country club that we go to. And I felt so drawn to her. I didn't know what it was, but I knew it was something. And I even said to this young woman, Sydney, I feel like we're supposed to do something together, but I don't know what it is. She goes, oh, that's so interesting. We had drinks maybe eight to 10 months ago. And I'm almost 50 and she's probably like, I don't know, 30, something like that. Late 20s or 30. And during that dinner, she told me that she was a dancer and a dance instructor. And she even said that she has this group of women who dance like week to week. And she didn't tell me much about it, but she told me that they gather and they dance like outdoors and they dance together. And I was like terrified, confronted, and super, super interested. But the woman sitting in front of her at that time couldn't be as interested as she was terrified and confronted. So I just admired her from afar and thought, wow, I'd like to be the kind of person who could do that. That sounds amazing. But I never did. So I think she invited me a couple of times and I just kind of made an excuse or said, I'm not ready, whatever. And that was that. So now fast forward, I really don't remember if it was eight to 10 months, something like that. And I had that coaching call with Sigrid. This was just a month ago. And we talked about my desire to dance. And I said, there's this woman, Sydney. And I told her what I just told you. And she said, she gave me what's called a by when. By when will you do that? That's why it's good to have a coach, by the way. One of the many reasons. They'll hold you accountable. By when will you do that? I said, by now. She's like, shit, okay. I grabbed my phone. I sent a text to Sydney and I said, remember the dance group you invited me to? If you still do that, I'm in. And she said, oh, Jill, I'm so happy that you're ready. We meet on Wednesday. It was Monday. And everything in my body said, no, don't do it. <laughs> right? I had this like visceral reaction. I started sweating. I thought, oh, this is interesting. This is interesting. I'm trying to block this. That means I really need to do it. So I said, I'm in. She invited me to a Facebook group called Women Who Dance. I got in the Facebook group that night and I thought, oh, what in the hell have I got myself into? I mean, for a minute, I was like, yeah, I'm not doing it. I think I heard them saying something about a full moon. I'm picturing women like howling at the moon. I'm picturing all kinds of things. But still, I was intrigued. I tuned in. It's important to have discernment, right? I tuned in and the answer I got was yes. Yes, do it. It won't feel safe, but it is. So I did. I showed up and this will happen with every big thing you and I are supposed to do. Everything got in the way. So many things got in the way. I was almost in tears. I was frustrated. My daughter was across the country out of town at a retreat, at a spiritual retreat, by the way. and. I had agreed to watch my little grandson, Rocco, who's almost two. And the babysitter that I thought I had arranged backed out. And I didn't give my husband any notice. And I was going to have to, at the very last minute, say, hey, by by the way, can you handle Rocco for the evening? Not a big deal to him. He's such an involved grandparent, like not a big deal. However, he had a bunch going on that week and he was kind of stressed. And I just, I felt awful about it. So I almost abandoned myself to protect him. Hello, codependency. I'm going to abandon myself because I only feel good when other people feel good. I only feel good when I'm pleasing other people. I only feel good when I'm taking care of other people. Remember, that's my autopilot. Is it yours? And as women, we do this all the time and we call it good parenting, right? We call it 
being a good mom and being a good wife. And it's just a bunch of self-abandonment bullshit that we have fed ourselves. And so I almost said no because of that. I almost backed out. Something else, I can't remember, but something else got in the way. And I almost canceled and backed out. And the third thing that almost got in the way is I was driving to this location. It was way out in the boondocks. I mean, I had no idea where I was. I got off the highway and my GPS said I was there, but there was nothing there. I could have just turned around and said, F it, I'm done, right? Because what do we do sometimes? We say, oh, there's a sign. Clearly, I'm not supposed to be doing this. We read into everything, don't we? Well, maybe it's not a sign. Maybe it's a challenge. Maybe it's an invitation to push through the ego. And that's what was happening. I was being invited to push through everything that had held me back in my entire life. And I accepted the invitation. I kept driving. I got in the Facebook group. Nobody answered. I messaged my friend. She wasn't answering. Literally saying SOS, SOS, SOS. Can't find it. It's now like a few minutes before they're ready to start dancing. I missed the entire 30 minutes or 45 minutes of social time, which to me would have been a safety time, right? Let me kind of feel it out. Let me observe. Let me get to know these people. Like just, I'm not ready yet. And I missed that. I almost left. I almost said, forget it. Clearly it's a sign I need to just go home. This was a bad idea. Omens everywhere, right? But then I tuned in and that internal wisdom said, no, 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 no. You're so meant to do this. Keep going. It's okay. I've got you. So this is when, you know, the mindset of I will figure it out, come hell or hay water comes out. And I, I drove up to a home. There was a young mom with her little babies out front. And I said, can you please help me? This is the address. I don't know what's going on. And she said, I have no idea where that is. And I'm like, oh, shit. She says, hey, just drive back this way. Go this way, go this way, turn left, turn right, go straight under the bridge. I forgot everything she said. And I just thought, if I am meant to be there, I will find it or it will find me. I said, okay, thanks, bye. And I drove away. Do I turn left or do I turn right? I think she said left. Got it. Do I turn right or do I turn left? I think she said right. Got it. I think I go straight here. Oh, there's the bridge. All right, I see the rock. Got it. And then I drove a little bit further. My phone rang and it was Sydney. I'm so sorry I missed your messages. We're here. We're here. We're ready for you. Oh my God, I just saw you drive by me. And I looked and I saw her waving. So I pulled down this long gravel road and I pulled up and there were maybe like eight cars. And I was so nervous. I walked out and there were women just kind of scattered around. They clearly all knew each other. They were chatting and hugging and I was the new girl. I felt like an odd duck. I've always felt like an odd duck. That's one of my stories. I don't belong. I'm the only one who fill in the blank. I'm the only one who doesn't know what's going on. I'm the only one who's late. I'm the only one who's scared. I'm the only one who's nervous. I'm the only one who, it's all a lie. It's all a lie, right? This is what we do. We get to collect evidence to prove that those stories are true, or we get to find all kinds of proof and evidence to prove that it's not. And I spent my whole life proving that I was the only one who. So my body was reacting. How did it react? Heart rate elevated. 
little shaky, voice cracked, tightness in my chest, unsettled belly. Felt like I couldn't take a deep breath, maybe a little sweaty. What am I doing? This isn't just getting on the dance floor without any tequila. This is like getting on the dance floor by yourself with all the lights on while everyone's watching. That's how it felt to me. It was the opposite, but that's how it felt because I was exposed. Remember, what's safe is my head. That's what's safe. And my head is telling me, run, run. But my intuition was telling me, I've got you. It's okay. It's okay. So when you feel that way, just breathe through it. (sighs) Breathe through it. That's when you want to clench. That's when you want to have a tight fist. That's when you want to resist. That's when you need to surrender the most. Surrendering is so terrifying, but that's where peace lives. That's where power lives. Power doesn't live in the strength. Power lives in the release. So I was there just a few minutes. Many of the women there looked very different from me. They were what I would say stereotypical, like on paper, right? I can't judge who they are, but on paper, very, very, very hippie, crunchy granola, which I love, by the way. But I'm just saying I did stand out. I smelled a lot of patchouli. I saw a lot of beautiful like tie-dye garments. I could even hear in their languaging. They spoke differently than me. They were a little more sing-songy. But I just felt so much love. I should say, and I felt so much love just oozing from them. I felt acceptance. I felt creativity. I felt spirit. So after a few minutes, we gathered in a circle and we held hands. And in that moment, I thought to myself, I wish my BU listeners are BU Collective. I wish all of them could see this, not with their eyes, but with their hearts. I wish they could stand here and choose with me in this moment to not love or live from a cage or in a cage, but to love and live in and from and through complete freedom. Not that I was there yet, but I wanted that. I also secretly wanted you there because I, I wanted, <laughs> I wanted people with me. I was so nervous. There were people there, but I had no connection to any of them except for Sydney. And my connection to her was was not a lot yet. So we held hands and it was the new moon. And we all shared our intentions for the night and for the new moon. And so the intention that I shared for the night was to release, surrender, and let go. And to not judge myself and to remember that no one there was judging me. And my intention for the new moon was the same, to just totally let go of control and be in my feminine flow. We each shared, and one of the rules they announced was that we all embrace our weird, that we all love and honor and respect where each other woman is throughout the entire evening, that whatever we see, whatever we hear, we accept it like radical acceptance. Now remember, we can't give to other people what we can't give ourselves. So we have to radically accept and love ourselves to be able to give that to other people. And I wasn't there yet. 
So what was I feeling? Judgment. Not like mean girl judgment, but judgment like, oh, this feels weird. I don't know if I like that. I don't don't know. I'm scared. And then in the middle of the circle, there was like a little, you know, beatbox or whatever you call it, like a, a music thing. And then she just hit play. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm not ready. Now, that's another theme of my life. Do any of you have that story? Uh, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Not ready. Nope. Not ready. Hold on a second. Just let me get myself ready. I always want to do over and I never feel ready. Well, it was just like life. Life's going to go on and play whether you're ready or not. And that girl hit play and I had a choice to make. So what I did is what I want to suggest or invite you to do when you feel that way. I started to panic. I felt so uncomfortable. And then I remembered where truth and love live in me. So as the first song played, all I could do was ground myself, my bare feet on the ground, and I just stood there like a statue. I put my hand on my heart and my other hand on my belly button. And I breathed and it was so hard to breathe. I felt like an asthmatic. I had these shallow breaths, just. And as the song progressed, it got just a little bit better, but my chest was so tight. It was so hard to breathe. As I'm sharing this with you right now, by the way, my chest is a little tight right now. My body is remembering that experience. Remember, we file things away. So my chest felt tight. I felt a little wheezy. Not woozy, wheezy. And I just kept breathing through it. A little bit longer, I decided to sway my hips back and forth, just flowing like a tree in the wind. Eyes closed, because eyes closed felt safe. No one's looking at me, no one's looking at me, no one's looking at me. And I didn't want to see what anyone else was doing because I knew what would happen. I would judge, I would compare, and I would freak out. It wasn't dark yet in the middle of the yard with a bunch of strangers and one woman I barely know, music playing, and we're all dancing. And it wasn't like, hey, we're at a bar, let's all dance. It was just whatever movement comes to you, surrendering to the movement of your body as you experience the music. Terrifying to me, terrifying. So I think if maybe it took, I don't know, I wasn't counting, but at least three, four, five songs before I felt like I could breathe. It still was very shallow. It was still kind of tight in my chest, but I could breathe better. Oh, so I started moving a little bit more. And I remembered on that online weekend of Desire on Fire, we did some sensual movement. And I remember learning, and I've learned this before too. Remember, all learning is remembering that as women, we have so much power in our womb, so much power in our hips. And as we move our hips, whether it's in a circle, back and forth, a figure eight, as we move, we get into our body and we let that energy flow. And when we're in our body and when we are in movement, that's when we are able to feel and release emotions that have been filed away in that living library. Remember, somatic release is through breath, sound, and movement. 
So through movement, we can feel and we can release. You're not consciously releasing something. You're releasing something that's been filed away that you have no recollection of. So you might cry, you might shout. All kinds of things might happen. But if you move long enough intuitively and you're willing to step out of and around that ego, just like with breath work, beautiful things can happen. So I just kept moving and moving with the music over and over and over. And my hips started moving just a little bit more. Arms started moving a little bit more. And they started flowing with the music. And the energy just took over. And at one point, I had the urge to just squat down. I mean, like a deep, deep, deep squat. You know how toddlers squat down? They just play like that with their rear end almost to the floor. Like that kind of squat. Legs spread, knees open, butt almost to the ground. And I had my hands on the earth and my feet on the earth. And I just found myself like bouncing my butt up and down, like my body. And then at one point, I don't know why. I don't know why. Pay attention to how you feel when I'm sharing this, because if you feel triggered, this is especially for you. If you feel judgment, this is especially for you. I found myself beating my hands on the earth. Just beating my hands on the earth and just breathing and beating my hands on the earth over and over again and then holding my hands on the earth and just feeling energy and love coming from the earth through my hands and through my feet and all through my body. And I could feel and picture this beautiful, beautiful, loving white light This beautiful white light coming through from the earth through my feet up through my whole body and down through my hands in a circle back down in this like circuit, this beautiful circuit, this loop, this continuous loop. And then I stood up and I just started crying with my eyes closed. I'm still moving slowly and I just start crying and I'm crying and I'm crying and I'm crying. And in that moment, I was my daughter, my daughter who was away on a spiritual retreat. I was her and I was her at an age when she was emotionally hurting. I was her, I could feel her pain. And then I, I was her traveling in the airplane because she was in on an airplane at that moment going to the retreat. Like I can't explain it, right? I can't explain that I was her. I'm just telling you this is how it felt. I felt so connected to her. And then I felt so connected to my mother. And then I felt so connected to my grandmother. And I had this beautiful cry. And after that, I danced my ass off. I mean, I was like doing this tribal shit. I was just moving my body and feeling. It was so amazing. I felt so free. At one point I turned and I looked at the fire and I was moving with the fire and I was praying. I was talking to God. I was talking to my spirit guides and my angels and I was loving myself and loving the little girl inside of me and healing that little girl inside of me and listening to that little girl inside of me. I turned around and got very confronted when I saw some of the women with their tops off. And then I went right back to my ego and I went right back to being in my head. And I was like, what the literal hell? For a second, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then I stopped. And I remembered the ground rules that I agreed to. 
And I thought, how effing dare I judge them? They are in a sacred space. We told them it was safe to be themselves. How dare I judge that journey? We are women together. It's a safe space. No one can see us. We're in the middle of the woods. And if they feel more connected with their top off, then go for it. And then I admired them. And then I was jealous of them. I was so jealous because I felt so free for a little while. And then I saw that. I'm like, what the fuck? I could never do that. I could never do that. I would never feel that free. I would never feel that safe in my body. I would never feel that confident to just be myself. Here I have this top 100 podcast on being yourself. And I realized, my God, I have so far to go. I was just like in reverence as I watched them. It was the most beautiful thing. And they were all just dancing for themselves and in themselves. They weren't dancing for to each other. It was all their divine femininity just being expressed. And one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life was after I turned away and got back in my body again, I turned back maybe another song. I mean, I danced for like two hours straight. I turned around at one point and oh my God, there was a little girl named Luna. She had been introduced. They, they arrived late to the circle. She might've been like 10. She was holding her mother's hands. And they were just looking each other in the eye, dancing. The way they were looking at each other was the way God sees us, was the way, is the way we see our babies and the way we could, if we allowed it, the way we could see ourselves. No judgment, only love. Just total freedom and love. They danced and they twirled each other and they held hands. And I know some of you, again, you're going to get triggered. Good. I'm glad. It's an invitation. But I looked and the mom had, her top was off and she had this scarf and she would open it and close it. And at one point she's like hugging her daughter and I wanted to be that free. And I wanted that with my mother. And I wanted that with my daughters. And I realized I will never have that with my daughters. And I'll never have it with my mother. I'll never have it with my mother because she doesn't have it with herself. And I'll never have it with my daughters until I have it with myself. And I realized as I watched them that the biggest gift I can give my children is to give that gift to myself. Yes, it feels late. My God. The children I've given birth to because I have a beautiful stepdaughter are 23 and almost 20. It feels so late, but then I realize if I'm just figuring this out at 49.8, it's okay if I don't give them this until they're 23 and 20. And by doing that, then they can give this to their daughters right when they're born. I'm so grateful that I saw Luna dancing with her mother. I'm so grateful that I got to witness that without judgment. So at the end, I really physically needed to rest. I had this big release. A lot of emotions were happening. I was physically tired. Remember, I just had major, major surgery two months ago. And 
I just needed to rest. And I just sat down and watched everybody and then looked at the sky and looked at the lake. Just was so grateful. I walked over to the fire and and I asked my friend Sydney, what's the story with this little girl? She said, oh, Jill, she's been dancing with us from the beginning. And she said, say, she said, Luna, tell Jill, how long have you been dancing with us? She said, I think since I was five. Every week since she was five years old. She's known nothing but this type of freedom and love and acceptance. I just thought, my God, that right there will change the world if we simply have more of it. So when it was time to leave, I had this beautiful bond with these strangers that I've never had with women in my life. And I have really close friends. It was just so transformative. But why did it happen? It happened because I allowed myself to feel and to tune into my intuition. Our intuition knows her shit. Our intuition will never lead us astray. Ever. And the more we tune into that, the more lessons and downloads we will get and the more we will release and let go and the more we release and we let go the more we will get of that and it's this beautiful beautiful loop and as I said this I just realized it's exactly what I felt when my hands were on the earth and my feet were on the earth just that continual loop that's what will happen I can feel myself moving toward that I think I might be in it actually I knew something big was happening on my 50th birthday. I didn't know what, but I knew it was spiritual. And I knew it had a lot to do with my sacred sexuality and my female divine feminine energy. I knew that, but I had no idea what would what would be coming. And this is part of it. So after that experience, oh my gosh. After that experience, I mean, I messaged my coach, Christine Hassler, and I said, okay, I feel like, just like I'm different. Like, this is going to sound crazy, but I feel prettier. (laughs) I feel like I just can't explain it. I'm so much more comfortable in my skin. I love myself more. I'm like radiating joy and love. I feel so like at peace. And she said, yeah, that will happen. And I realized it's only the beginning. I realized in the following week, my intuition got so much stronger to the point where, again, trigger. This may be a trigger or this may sound strange or you may find it funny or you may find it, you know, you don't believe it. It's okay. But I promised you when I started this podcast that I would share my journey, all of it so that you could use any part of it you wish for your own journey as like a roadmap or sort of a key. But it doesn't mean every single thing I share is for you in this moment. Your intuition knows what you should tune into and what what's not for you right now. So what happened in the following week, and it's gotten stronger week and week and week after that, is thinking of someone and then my phone rings and it's them seeing angel numbers constantly, 
1111, 1234, et cetera, 444, 333. I had an experience with some cows down the road (laughs) that it's just too much for me to share right now. I promise I will share it next week. A absolute spiritual experience with seven cows that stepped away from a herd to come up to me at a fence to communicate with me. I mean, they didn't chat with me, but I mean, I'm telling you, it was life-changing. I had things revealed in dreams, things that I knew needed to come up from my past to be healed. And tonight I danced again, literally tonight. You're hearing this episode days later. It literally, as I'm recording right now, it's late at night. And I just came from another dance with these women. It was a full moon. We were in the most beautiful space. Oh my gosh. It was like a magical garden this woman had in her backyard. Crystals hanging from trees. A big circle in her yard filled with sand. Candles everywhere. A sacred space that before you stepped into it, the requirement was that you thanked God. And you honored that space. And you did the same before you left. No other rules. I was dancing. And I was proud of myself because I just got into it right away. Only one other person I think was dancing or two. And I knew it was probably going to rain. I'm like, I'm getting out there. I wasn't wearing anything that was flowy that felt good. I had my jeans on and a sweater. Jeans and a sweater. And I had like like patent leather, like penny loafer shoes. Like the opposite look for what we were doing. But remember, spirituality is not about your looks. You don't have to have a costume on. You don't, you don't need to dress the part. So I had a few things come up, by the way, before I went again to block me. I'm like, nope, nope, and nope. I am choosing myself and I'm choosing this and I'm going anyway. Even with what I have on, even with what came up, which was very emotional and upsetting. And even knowing I had to record this podcast by a certain time, I'm like, it's okay. The thing that happened took up my time that I was supposed to be recording. It'll all work out. I'm going. And so I drove and then I pulled up to the house to what I thought was the house. It wasn't the house. I got out. It was dark. I'm walking down the sidewalk. I'm like, this doesn't feel good. I see this like scary, scary dog, what I thought was a scary dog, barking like crazy in a window. And I'm like, yeah, no. So I went all the way back to my car and I'm like, okay, okay. So I drove further and and ended up pulling right in front of the correct house. I walked back to this, like I said, magical, I mean, oh my gosh, I've never seen anything like it. And had the most beautiful experience as I was dancing. I was feeling into the pain of one of my children and just asking God, you know, for guidance and healing on this and just, oh, what do I do? What do I do? And this is the message that I got. Remember when you're in your body and you connect with your feminine, what do you connect to? Your intuition. And so after, you know, several songs, by the way, several songs, awkward moving, feeling kind of stiff. Oh, I don't know. I'm kind of looking around. This is weird. I feel better than I did the last time, but, and then it set, it set in and I was in my groove. And so as I was dancing on that sand in the candle light, it was dark, really dark, beautiful with these other women, one by one, they were filtering in. 
I was totally in this beautiful zone. And then it happened. I had this beautiful release, crying again. And the message from God was so clear. I mean, like, boom, like there was no question. (laughs) No question. I mean, it hit me hard in a good way. And the answer was this. Instead of asking how you can help that child, give yourself what they need because they are not just your medicine, you are theirs. Just give yourself what they need. You're so connected with this child. They came from your womb and you're so emotionally and spiritually connected to this particular child that when you heal yourself and you give this to yourself, they will be able to give this to themselves. The next thing that came to me almost immediately was an, oh, by the way, you know that all your children are here as teachers. You know that they're here to teach you. You know that they're here not just to be your child, but to also be your guide, right? You have the soul contract with each other. You know that, but I'm going to give you a quick bullet point, you know, on as I'm saying this, it's not like I heard a voice saying, let me give you a bullet point. If you've had moments like this, I know you know what I'm talking about, where it was just this awareness, just this knowing. I knew this is what was being said to me. And so the next was, this is what each child is here to teach you. Your oldest is here to teach you to stop thinking about what other people think. Your middle child, your middle child is here to teach you to love yourself. And your third child is here to teach you to let go of control. The interesting thing is, as I'm speaking to you right now, I have a sticky note in front of me. What do I say at the end of almost every episode? I say, breathe, love yourself, and surrender. And as I was just telling you what God told me about my three children, I realized it matches up perfectly with those three. So there was another moment when I found myself with my hands on the ground in the sand. There's this beautiful song playing, and I just found my fingers making this beautiful figure eight, this infinity sign. I don't know why, it just, it was happening for almost an entire song. And then I pulled my hand away and it looked like eyes. And I don't know how to explain it other than it felt like they were eyes, my eyes looking back at me, me looking into my own soul, me looking at God. And I just felt so much peace, just total peace. After that, the woman who was hosting walked around and she handed all of us these beautiful pieces of material. Everyone had a different one and mine was bright turquoise and was sparkly, so pretty. Remember what I had on? Jeans and a sweater and a headband in my hair. I looked like a preppy person from 1985. And I had this beautiful scarf. And I was flowing with it and dancing with it. And my chest was really sore from my surgery. And my I had pulled a muscle and my pectoral muscle on the right side. And it was kind of acting up with this piece of cloth that I had. And I'm like, you know what? You don't have to dance with this. You don't live this way anymore. You don't have to dance with it just because she gave it to you. Do what you want with it. And so I held it in a way that didn't hurt my arms. And I just kind of moved with it. And at one point she walked over to me and she wrapped it around my body. And she said, go over to that mirror. And I want you to see how beautiful you are. She said that to me 
right as I was thinking about my breasts post-surgery and really trying to love them. And she came over and said that. And I truly believe that an angel whispered that in her ear so that she could whisper it in mine. It's like an angel was speaking through her into my ear. So I kind of awkwardly walked in front of this mirror. Yes, there was a mirror outside with candles around it. And I danced in front of the mirror and just kept telling myself, I love you. You're so beautiful. I love you. This is what God says to us every time we are seen. This is what we say when we look at our children. But how often do we say this to ourselves? And how can we expect our children to say it to themselves if we're not saying it to us? A few minutes later, I realized that was it. That's what I came for. And it's okay to feel selfish. It's okay for me to take what I was supposed to get and leave. I said goodbye. I got in my car. And I came here to talk to you. And I know most of you, I have no idea who you are, right? 86 countries, right? Saudi Arabia, so many different countries. I love you. I want you to know that I love you. Like I feel you. And I literally said to my friend, Sydney, I'm going to go now. I need to go talk into that microphone right now. I need to experience this with them. And she said, go, go. So here I am. So remember, there is so much here for you that you may not be seeing. There is so much love and wisdom that is completely accessible if you allow it to be. You have the tools to access this. The question is, will you? It's safe to get back into your body. It's safe to be in your feminine. I'm so, so inviting you to do that. So as always, thank you so much for your time. Please, please share this episode if it touched you in any way. Please send it on to your friends, your communities, women you care about, women you admire, women you want to know better, women you want a deeper connection with. And if you're worried about what they will think, stop. It's not your business. Let them think what they want to think. If you feel called to send this to them, then you're supposed to. I posted something on Instagram and Facebook right before I hit record. I created a little picture meme and it was a picture of a full moon. Go on Instagram and then look me up. It's Jill Herman, BU. And it was a full moon and I wrote on top of it something like, if you think it's weird for women to dance and gather in a circle and dance together under a full moon, unfriend me. But then I crossed out unfriend me and I wrote, I get it because I used to be you. But now I'm not. I'm with them. And I still love you. <laughs>